This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Mento LLC. Mento LLC Trade Consulting focuses on issues of duty minimization, recovery, and elimination, while also helping our clients with trade compliance issues of both the import and export nature and global cargo security. You can reach us at 978-317-3250 or email me directly at pete.mento at Mento LLC. From Washington, D.C., this is Trade Geek Podcast with your host, Pete Mento. Hey, everybody. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, my friends. Oh, man, it is Thursday, the 8th of October. And I woke up this morning, um, just going to admit it, just a tiny bit hungover because I played the drinking game um, that we do for these debates where Every time you just wish that somebody would answer the question that was asked of them, you um, you do a healthy shot of wild turkey. Uh, you guys know that's a joke, right? Because anyone who tried to do that would probably end up having their stomach pumped. That was um, that was better, right? I mean, it was nice having people at least try to talk to one another. But man, that was a uh, that was a tough watch. But I re- I wanted to do a quick podcast today because we did have. A moment where the two candidates talked about the trade war. I mean, I, oh, I almost fell off my couch from all the wild turkey we talked about earlier. But it was it was great. You know, let's admit it, right? It was great to be watching the debate between two people who are vying to either become the next vice president of the United States or to have a chance to become the VP again. And you would hope advise the president on these issues. And we're acting as proxies for um, the candidates running for president, that when they were asked about the, the, the trade issues and the trade war, lo and behold, they, um, they actually answered in a fashion. So you had the, um, the vice presidential candidate for the left, Ms. Kamala, Mrs. Kamala Harris, who really took the opportunity to um, do some White House administration bashing, talk about the loss of, of manufacturing jobs and tying them into the trade war. You also had um, her make mention of the, um, well, of two things, really, I thought that were important. First of all, you know, the fact that it, it, it created a lot more problems than it probably resolved. And then second of all, listening to her that the trade war was probably responsible for some serious agricultural issues. And um, then on the, on the, on the right-hand side, you know, and it's interesting that while we're watching on TV, you have the Democratic position on the left and the Republican position on the right. I think if I was in production, I would I would find some way to to fix that or, or, or mix it up because it, it just anyway, Mr. Mr. Uh, uh, Pence took this opportunity to say that, you know, the Chinese have been engaged in intellectual property theft, that it's a matter of national security, that if we plan on, on being the economy that we want to be, we have to hold fast. And then, he, you know, he pointed toward the uh, all the jobs that were created in the interim uh, during that trade war while the American economy was humming along. And uh, so, you know, last night my phone is blowing up from all of my other nerdy friends who were also at home doing nothing, watching this sadly, pathetically. Um and they're like, can you believe this? I'm like, well, of course I can believe it. I mean, you know, last night was not the opportunity that we all hoped it was for us to kind of come to grips with precisely what happened. 
with the trade war. We're not going to know for a very long time whether or not the trade war was effective. It's going to take years, if not decades, for us to look back and understand if the 301 tariffs and the 232 tariffs and all the things associated with it had the net positive effect that we had hoped that they would have. I mean, it, it takes a while, right? Um, can you blame all of the job losses on it? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't know. But there was clearly a set of facts that both sides were employing. And, and what, what frustrated me, and I brought this up on LinkedIn today, is, you know, I'm not a guy that gets into politics in, in my social media commentary. Uh, and if you go to my Twitter, if you come to LinkedIn, you're not going to see me talk about politics. And this isn't going to be any different. What bothered me is for over two years now, I have been either in front of clients on stages, doing countless webinars, talking to people over Zoom calls, and the dominant conversation has been over and over again. How do we get out of these tariffs? How do we make them go away? Why did it happen in the first place without anybody even asking us? When does this ridiculousness stop? What's the plan, Pete? And, you know, I said to them, have you guys uh, ever seen that that show Hamilton? Did you watch it on Disney Plus or see it on stage or listen to the, the songs? There's a great song that, that Aaron Burr sings, you know, the um, Leslie Odom sings in the show where he says, I want to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens. And he gets into how Washington, D.C. became the capital and how Alexander Hamilton basically got to finance the government the way that he wanted. And it brings up an excellent point about Washington. Most of us are not engaged in the daily activities of what happens in the USTR, what happens with Treasury, what goes on in the Oval Office. I mean, I know I'm not. I know people that work in those particular areas, and they can tell me what they can without losing their jobs. But we're not in the room where it happens. I think it's sad that the people who are most affected by these policy decisions have honestly felt victimized. If you go through the 301 tariffs and you begin to look through that list of, of who did get an exemption, who, who managed to see that their products um, you know, would be duty-free, there are moments where one argument that was turned down makes absolutely no sense, and then arguments that were approved make absolutely no sense. You know, the logic behind them is, it's frustrating. It's frustrating how it all went down. And so I'm sitting here on this couch last night, and all I can think to myself is, why won't one of these two people talk to us about what their boss plans to do to resolve the trade war? And you can tell me that from the um, Trump position that maybe it doesn't make sense to talk too much about tactics. But you don't have to talk about tactics to talk about what a positive endgame would be, what we expect to be as a win or a loss, things that we consider necessary in order for us to be able to bring this thing to a close. And from the left, you know, I don't want to hear about what it did. I don't want to hear about what they would have done differently. Frankly, we are where we are. I want to understand what the left would have done to get us out of this mess, what their plan is to resolve it. Here was an opportunity for, for arguably two people who are or could be a heartbeat away from being the most powerful person on the planet. Out of the billions and billions and billions of us that walk around all day, you know, 
wondering about whether or not our kids are idiots and aren't going to be able to support themselves or, you know, being nervous about our fantasy football team or whether he or she is ever going to call us back. There are two people who are sitting there who are literally a heartbeat away from being the most powerful person on planet Earth. And they have it within their power to make those decisions, to to talk about them. And they chose not to. Instead, they chose to bash one another. What I think would be fascinating would be a real policy document, not the talking points that we see, but an actual policy document about what a win would be, what a loss would be. Does the Biden-Harris team consider the theft of intellectual property to be something that is an existential threat that has to be dealt with so that American uh, commerce can continue to thrive. Does President Trump have a plan in the next four years if he were reelected to stop this trade war and bring us to a point where we can feel like we at least tied and we got something out of it that was important? Because that would have been incredibly impressive. Mrs. Harris last night, Senator Harris said that, um, you know, if America is going to continue to be a country where innovation matters, we have to continue to dump money into education. And, and boy, you know, I think all of us, regardless of our of our political stripe, can agree with that. You know, I mean, uh, like Whitney used to sing, I believe the children are the future, right? And most of them are at home right now staring at their laptop, pretending to go to school. The The greatest thing that we have as a nation with regards to our economy without question, is the fact that we are the world's only innovation economy, or at least we're on the brink of it. And in order for us to maintain that, we have to be engaged in safeguarding and safekeeping this IP. So there was another opportunity where neither one of them decided to talk about how important that was, what we're going to do collectively as a nation to manage that, and what the end game was. I had a boss when I worked at Expeditors. His name was Phil Coughlin. And there were two things that he would say to me when I was frustrated with the situation. What do you want the outcome to be, Pete? What's the end game going to be here? What do you want, you know, when you, when, you, when you put that black line on the bottom of the piece of paper and you finish with all your math, what are you hoping to get? That was the first question. And second of all, he would say to me, once I figured that out, are you in a position to be successful doing that? Do you have all the tools you need? Do you have all the information you need? Do you have access to all the right people, access to all the right data? And if you don't, how realistic is you're going to get to that outcome? Do you feel comfortable making a decision to go or no go on what you want the outcome to be based on the data in front of you and your access to help to get there? And last night, I watched two people in two different political parties who did not give me any insight or any information on getting there and it was it was problematic. So I still believe that we as a trade have more power than we realize. I look at the work that FDRA does as an example. I look at the work that you know the Air Force Association do. All, all these groups in 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 DC that are working diligently to make sure that the people who that they represent are getting the best possible, you know, bite at the apple. Who's doing that for you? It needs to start with you. And do you know what you want the outcome to be? Are, are you a domestic manufacturer that has to, you know, that has to really fight and claw and argue day and night and, and kick and scream to make sure that you have a fair playing field? Well, then maybe what's going on with China and the hopes of reshoring things isn't such an awful idea. Are you an American technology company that's coming up with ideas that could change the world? 
And how much does your company value these ideas? And are, are you willing to take the steps necessary so that in the next hundred years we can protect them? And in either case, are you using the tools that are in front of you to understand what it means to win or lose? Are you using the tools in front of you to understand right now what kind of power and leverage you have? And are you working with the right people to get where you need to be? Most of the time when I speak with people, they haven't even considered any of this. And that's really where my head's at today and why I'm so frustrated with last night's debate is that there are hundreds of billions of dollars of goods every month crossing borders. And it seems that the people who are making the decisions aren't really taking into account what we want. So a lot of activity yesterday on my LinkedIn page um, between people talking about reshoring. I really haven't seen a lot of reshoring um, that happened because of the uh, 321, 301 tariffs. I, of course, would like to get information from you if you have any about that. You know, if your company has decided to make um, manufacturing in the U.S. a priority again, I'd like to know to the extent of that production. If it was just something that you did on a small scale or a large scale, if it's a total um restructuring of that because I don't know that as Americans we're at that point um, you know the point was brought up about automation and how we are going to be using more and more automation well that automation has to be designed by someone and right now the Germans the Japanese and the Americans are kind of leading the way on that so there are jobs that come from that but at some point automation will you know have that Asimov's law you know will robots will make robots and the times we live in so I'm asking you to have a plan and to understand where you want the outcome of this trade war to be and to start to work as companies to reach out to people in Congress, to reach out to people in the Senate, to talk to people locally in your governor's office and say to them, what is the end game and what are you guys doing to help us get there? Because this has gone on long enough. And yes, you can go into this court case and hopefully get your money back. And yes, you can find ways to do duty drawback. And yes, you can find ways to use exclusions. I get all that. But that's a narrow band of people, honestly, and a narrow chance, you know, 50-50 shot that this, that this court case is going to work. There has to be something there that we can control. And I think that's where it is. It's pressure. So find ways to put that pressure out there. Uh, I think it's really where our opportunities lie. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. It was a quick podcast. I just wanted to put something out there for all of us to consider and think about. As always, I welcome your questions. You can send questions to pete.mento at mentollc.com. If we use your question on the air, you will receive an autographed Trade Geek poster suitable for framing or for throwing axes at. I guess it's entirely up to you. Please make sure to leave your name and your address where you'd like that sent. Um, and whether or not we can use your name on the air. And I'll be happy to answer those questions. So that's about it, everybody. Uh, take care. And I'll probably be back to you early next week with another podcast. We are interviewing Chuck Forsyth um, of PCSE to talk about cargo security, CTPAT, and um, global customs trade partnerships. And that's it. All right, everyone. Take care. <laughs>